0: John chapter 3, verse number 8. There's an interesting scripture about the Holy Spirit. And uh, we may be looking at the Holy Spirit a little differently than what you're used to. But I want us to get to know Him and His personality. And notice I keep saying Him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Uh, he, he is uh, part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity. And we're going to be looking at, at Him today. But in verse number 8, chapter 3, i want to read this. The wind blows. Now, the wind is really throughout the New Testament, Old Testament. The wind is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. As the Spirit begins to blow in our life, Get ready, because He could take you anywhere and do anything He wants, because He's the Holy Spirit. If we think we can figure God out, then your God is too small. And God is going to do what He's going to do, and He wants to take us where we are to where He wants to lead us. So get ready for a ride today as we discuss the Holy Spirit. I would like us just to open in prayer this, this part of our service. Heavenly Father... We thank you today for your love, and we thank you for the Word of God, and we pray that the Holy Spirit would just have his way today. Give each one of us ears to hear so that we are going to be changed by by your Word today. God, help me as your servant. I'm just a man. I need your help. So God, flow through me so that everyone will receive what you want us to receive, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Holy Spirit, it's the great mystery of the day, it seems. Two weeks ago, we talked about God, our Father, and we called Him, what do we call Father? Daddy, good for you. We know about Jesus, and last week we talked about Jesus, and Jesus is our friend. But today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and many of us, we were saying, what's, what's up with the Holy Spirit? I, I don't fully understand. Well, the Holy Spirit must be pretty important. Because Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, he said, it's good for you, it's good for us. If Jesus goes into heaven because he says, if I go to heaven, I can send the Holy Spirit on this earth to be with you and to be in you. Jesus is telling us it's better for us to have Jesus in heaven and the Holy Spirit down here because he can be with all of us at the same time. So we need to understand what the Holy Spirit is all about. We might remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to bring power upon us. And we like the idea of power, but you know, so what? What's that all about? We, we, we may not understand. So today I want to start at the beginning. I mean, I really want to start at the beginning. And in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, at the beginning, God. And we know that God created the heavens and the earth. But verse number 2 said, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth. The whole, now, we have to get this. The Holy Spirit, from the beginning of time, as we understand time, was hovering over the earth, waiting to create, waiting to bring life, waiting to empower. He was waiting for God to create man out of the dust of the earth so that the Holy Spirit's breath could come inside of man and give us life. The Holy Spirit was waiting at this time. So this is exactly what God did. God the Father went down by the river and he began to get the sand of of the river and he began to shape man and man looked like man but man had no life until God breathed into him and that breath of of God is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us life. Now there are people out there that are living, but they have no life. There are people out there using oxygen, but they have no life because the Holy Spirit is not reigning within their hearts. And the Holy Spirit wants to touch and change each one of us. We saw in the book of John, we just read it, that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. Uh, Acts 2.4, when the Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost, there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind. So again, we see wind as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. That's very, very important for what we're going to be looking at today. Wind. You guys remember just a few weeks ago, Hurricane Matthew. I wonder if Bill and Christy Gross remember Hurricane Matthew. They were getting ready to go on their 25th wedding anniversary cruise to the Caribbean, and it was changed because there was a Hurricane Matthew down there. A hurricane, the wind is going to come, and anything that is not really boarded down is going to be ripped away. But the wind also brings power. And those of us that went to Montana this year on our mission trip, there were windmills everywhere along the road. And just bringing power, the wind brought energy. And I think if we put those two together, the Holy Spirit is in this room today, and it's going to come and just knock away everything in our life that shouldn't be there, but it's also going to empower us with the supernatural power of God. That's what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in our life and in our church. So we're going to be seeing how this happens. Some of you might say, Pastor Dan, that sounds good, but can that really happen? I'm feeling a little down today. I'm under spiritual attack. Nobody likes me. I'm just numb with life. Well, I want you to be of good courage today. Because the Holy Spirit does love you. He does care for you. He is going to come and be with you and show you things you have never seen in maybe a long, long time. And God has a plan for your life today, and the Holy Spirit is a big part of that plan. So we're going to see how it all works out. So we're going to be looking at a man named Ezekiel. So if you would, go to the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Ezekiel had a vision from God. And I want you, in Ezekiel 37, would you follow as I read the first three verses? This is his vision. The hand of the Lord was upon me. I love Ezekiel because so many times in the scripture uses that phrase, the hand of the Lord was upon me. I want God's hand on my life. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Wow. Here's a man of God surrounded by death, despair, hopelessness. Everywhere he looked was death. He's in a valley of death. And he looks over that valley, and he understood. uh, There used to be dreams out there, and the dreams have died. There used to be marriages out there, and the marriages have died. There used to be ministries out there, and the ministries have died. And he looks back over his history, and he realizes that same valley used to be full of life. And that same valley was full of victory, and, and there were battles that were taking place there. And God's people came out on top because of God's power. There used to be people down there that were living in the favor of God. And now, today, there's nothing but death, dead, dry bones. The smell of death was amazing. But let me just tell you a little secret that I think you already know God loves impossible situations. God loves impossible situations. And God also saw that valley of bones. But here's a man of God. And all he sees is death around him. And everything is negative, And everything is wrong. And everything is bad. And then God asked him a question in verse number 3. He says, son of man, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Wow. God is asking Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? Let me ask you a question today. Can your dead bones live? Can your spiritually dead family members live again? Can your marriage... Live again? Can your children come to God again? Can you dream again? Can you smile again? And sometimes we look inside of our lives and everything is just so bad and so negative, and God is asking us a question Can you live again? In Ezekiel's case, the, it was such a bad situation that Ezekiel didn't even want to answer God. So how did he answer God? He says, at the end of verse 3, O oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. You alone know. He didn't want to answer. He didn't want to say, I think it's too far gone. I think it's hopeless. I think there's no, no good coming out of this. He didn't want to think that the dead bones could live again. Bones. You know, if you're eating chicken and you get to the bone, that's pretty negative for the chicken. Once had life, but now it's dead. Bones, they had purpose at one time, but now that purpose is dead. They once had a hope and a future, and that is dead. And folks, you know as well as I do, there are a lot of people living out there that are dead. They're dead. They're alive, but they're dead. And and it could be because of, bad choices they made, or consequences of their choices, or just outright rebellion, and they're living with no joy inside. And God is asking you, as he asked Ezekiel, can your situation live again? Can your dead situation live again? Can your dead bones live again? If we say yes, and you better say yes. Let me ask you, can your dead bones live again? Somebody say yes. Yes. If we dare say yes, we better now ask how. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Here we go. The power. There's power in the Holy Spirit. There's power of prophecy. Look at verse number four. Here's how. "Then Then God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. Well, that's dumb. They're dead. There's no life. But if you want life, what do you do? You speak life. Yes. If you're dead and you want to be alive, you speak life. If your situation at home is dead, you speak life into it. Yes. <sighs> Prophesy to these bones and say to them, say to the deadness, dry bones you better listen up and hear the word of the Lord, exclamation. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter to you. This is craziness. These are dead bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life, and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you, and you will come to life, and then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what God is saying to Ezekiel. If you don't like the dead bones, do something about it. And here's what you do, Ezekiel. You stand up and you begin to prophesy to those dead bones. Oh, boy, this is good. Guys, you got to get this. You got to get this. Prophesy. What in the world does that mean? Prophesy to the dead bones. See, prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians 12. And all of us are open. If we love Jesus, we're open to this ability. And it means to stand and to proclaim God's promise over your situation. He was there standing and proclaiming that God is going to bring life again into those dead bones. And why was he saying that? Not because that was his desire. He said it because that's what God said. And he's prophesying to the deadness and at the same time he's rebuking the power of Satan who is the one that instigated death in the first place. As we prophesy life, we're rebuking the devil at the same time. Hallelujah to that. Man, somebody in your home needs to rise up and say, excuse my King James, thus saith the Lord. Somebody needs to rise up and say, I've had it. I don't like what the devil's doing to my child. I don't like what the devil's doing to my spouse. Thus saith the Lord, I prophesy life into them. Pastor, that's dumb. Take it up with God. See, the devil is still a liar. He's still a thief. He's a destroyer. But God promised me, I don't know about you, but God promised me that my marriage was going to be healthy and glorify God. And I'm going to to prophesy over my marriage. God promised that my children would love God. So I prophesy over them. And some of you say, my children are not followers of God. Well, now they need somebody to rise up and begin to prophesy life into them that they would not be in death, that they would not follow the ways of the world, but that they would follow the ways of God because that's what God said to you. Wow, this is good. I wish I was sitting out there to hear this. This is good. God promises for each one of you that he has promised you a hope and a future. He has promised you a hope and a future that your life has meaning. And if your life has no meaning right now and you're in the mulligrubs grubs all the time, you need to rise up and begin to prophesy and say, In the name of Jesus, I am going to have life and hope and a future, and my life is going to be meaningful. That's how we do it, guys. Can your dead bones live? Somebody say yes. Amen. I prophesied over my children this week. Good. Well, Pastor Dan, your kids are grown. Well, they probably need it more than ever. I dedicated my children to the Lord over 30 years ago. But God gave Marcia and me a promise for each one of those children. And we have not seen that promise fulfilled completely yet. And I'm still... Prophesying life into Aaron, life into Nathan, life into Wesley, the life of God. And because you guys know Wes, and because Wes is here, Wes, I'm just going to tell you right now, I begin to prophesy that you would be a modern-day psalmist. And it's happening. There's power in prophecy. What's the promise? The promise of prophecy. Look at verse 7 and 8. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as, as I was prophesying, not 20 minutes later or 20 years later, as I was prophesying, there was a noise. Whoa, baby. Can I say that up here? Dead bones. And there was a rattling sound. And the bones came, imagine him watching this. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared to them, and skin covered them. Wouldn't that freak you out? <laughs> See, that's the promise of prophecy. The power is to do it, but God said, if you do it, this is gonna happen. Yeah. And he began to 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 do this, and and notice again, it wasn't just his good words or what he thought God wanted him to say. He began to speak the words of God and God's dreams and, and God's desires over these bones, and things begin to happen, and the ligaments and tendons and skin begin to grow and facial features, and I wonder if he made hair. See, they appeared alive. This is really important. They appeared alive, but there was no life in them yet. They were making progress. They're on the right path, but there's still no life. So how is prophecy fulfilled? Is it me just saying a nice couple words over my kids? No, no, there's much more than that. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. This is where he comes into play, the authority of prophecy. Look at verse 9 and 10, the authority. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. And again, that's another symbol of the Holy Spirit. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath. In other words, come, Holy Spirit, from all over this planet and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. Wow. This is so cool. So what, what does this mean for you and for me? As we mentioned, the wind brings life. The Holy Spirit brings life. I think it was easier for Ezekiel to prophesy this time because he already saw the tendons in the skin and, and they looked like human. And he began to prophesy. And he prophesied to the wind, to the Holy Spirit, to got my directions. To the north and the south, and the east, and the west. And he said, oh, Holy Spirit, wherever you are on this planet, I just want you to come, and I want you to breathe, and I want you to focus right now, right here. And the Holy Spirit began to breathe and begin to blow, and the winds began to blow. All focus on that place. Wouldn't it be incredible if the Holy Spirit from all corners of the earth would come and be focused right on your family? Woo! man. And that's what happened here. That's what happened here. They begin to shake and rattle and roll. Sorry. Because when the wind blows, it changes everything. When the Holy Spirit begins to work, it changes everything. And I read this week this cool little sentence. The Holy Spirit is one of the indispensable, irreplaceable absolutes in the body of Christ. Meaning this. We must have the working power of the Holy Spirit, or we have nothing. God must be working, or we're just out there on our own. We need God. The church needs God. Our home needs God. We need the Holy Spirit. And if we try to live without the power of the Holy Spirit, good luck on that one. The Holy Spirit is not an option for the church. We must have the Holy Spirit, or we might as well just join the Eagles. We need a move of God. We need a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We need to come with hungry hearts. We need to wake up in the morning, Sunday morning, and say, how can I enhance the coming of the Holy Spirit this morning? Have you noticed that sometimes the hardest day of your week is trying to get everybody ready for church? That's not by accident. Devil's trying to get our attention off of what really matters. And we need the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place and in our homes. So remember, the Holy Spirit is important. And even this, the disciples were commanded by Jesus not to leave Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. The Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary in our life. Man. And they became alive. And their marriage was healed. And their children came to know Jesus. And they walked in the favor of God. And whatever you need. But folks, are we alive just to be alive? Are we alive to say, okay, I'm alive? I'm gonna wait till I die now. See, we're alive for a purpose. Verse ten tells us our purpose, the result of prophecy. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life, and get this, they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. I want you to envision just a few moments ago, they were dead bones, he prophesied, they came together, he prophesied, breath came into them, he prophesied, and they began to stand up, a vast army army of God. Some of us say, man, I I feel weak. No, you're not weak. You're part of the army of God. Some say, I'm alone. You're not alone. You're part of the family of God. Then all of them, they begin to rise up together to destroy an army of God, to destroy the powers of hell and darkness. The church is to rise up and destroy the powers of hell and darkness. The devil wants, do you know the devil hates his church so much he's trying to kill it? This church is under spiritual attack all the time. Well, yeah, so we are to rise up as the army of God and say, not here. Not here. I'm going to be part of the solution and I'm going to expect the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life and in my church and through my worship and praise. Wow. It's an army of God standing up Waiting for an assignment from the Lord. God, what do you want us to do now? Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you, do, you, do you need new life today? Do you need the life of the Holy Spirit in your life? Man, I do. I do. I, fortunately, I knew what I was preaching this week. Isn't that a good thing? And throughout the week, I'm just preparing my heart. God, do something Sunday. Do something in my life. Do something in Marshall. Do something in my children. Do something in this church. Do something. Man, we need to ask ourselves, is there more to life than I've been experiencing? Folks, there's more. There's more. Has life become boring? Has life become predictable? There's more. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you feel like the devil's having his way in your life? There's more, and it's God. If you feel this way, you're a prime candidate for the Holy Spirit to come and just breathe into you. So I say, I say to the Holy Spirit from the north and the south, the east and west, Lord, just come upon this place and fill our lives. Lord, come and prepare our hearts and breathe life into us. Man, don't you want that? Don't you want that? And if you don't want that, God wants that for you, and you're going to be fighting him the rest of your life. Some of us, once we had life, and now all we have is a pile of bones. And God wants to breathe life into those bones again. Man. Can your dead bones live again? I had this sermon written and the board members and staff this Thursday night had had a meeting uh, with our uh, network um, superintendent and they, he shared with us a prophecy that was spoken over the Assemblies of God, Ohio Assemblies of God back in February 9th and that was at a meeting that I I did not attend, Um, and and they, they wrote out the prophecy. Now this I received after this sermon. Listen to these words. I am unifying you for what's about to come. I am sending angels to oversee you. I am opening streams in the desert for a new breakthrough of growth and new life. And I am sending a great light in the darkness. It will pierce the darkness. No weapon forged against you will prosper. I'm changing the way you think. I am doing a new thing. I am destroying the yoke, the yoke that is on you and your family. I am breaking the fear of man. It has to go. Chains are coming off. Warriors, arise. I will cover you, for I am the God of victory, not defeat. I am calling everyone from the north, south, east, and west. I will give you clarity on what to do and what to say. I am still king. I am still king. I am still king. The enemy has been defeated. My foot has crushed his head. Again, I tell you, no weapon forged against you will prosper. I will cover the earth with my glory, and you do not need to be afraid. I will be with you. I will anoint you. I will empower you. I will give you the words to say, and you will not be empty or dry. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I am warring against unbelief. Believe in me. I go before you. I go behind you. There is no need to fear. The battle is already won. I am the great I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. Folks, if you this may not apply to everyone, but if you need the working of the Holy Spirit in your life in a new and fresh way, I want you to come and stand here this morning. If you need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in you in a new way, maybe He's already working in you and you don't need this, but if you need this in a new way, I want you to come and stand here. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www dot That's www.firstagonline.com